Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. When Princess Diana's niece got married recently, she wore no less than five dresses for the occasion, all of them made by designers at Dolce & Gabbana. The total bill for the event in Italy hasn't been shared, but the dresses alone would possibly be more than our entire big day budget. Today, we're looking at both ends of the wedding day scale, with one bride who went all out and another who managed to get it in under 10K. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. We love knowing how much money people spend on their weddings. For Lady Kitty Spencer, the daughter of the Earl of Spencer and niece to the late Princess Diana, we still don't know exactly how much cash was dropped on her Italian nuptials, but we know it would have been a lot. Pics from her Instagram account show her and her gals wandering the streets of Florence in the days before the wedding, dressed in black and wearing bright wigs for the hen's bash. There was a dinner the night before where Lady Spencer wore one of the five couture Dolce & Gabbana gowns especially designed for her, a blue chill dress with a fitted bodice and flared skirt embroidered with pink flowers. Her brothers, Louis Spencer, the Viscount Althorpe, and Samuel Aitken, not her father, Princess Diana's brother Charles Spencer, walked her down the aisle at the Baroque Villa Aldo Brandini, overlooking Rome. The Earl didn't attend the event. We're not sure why. The global ambassador for Dolce & Gabbana donned a Victorian-inspired high-necked lace gown to marry her retail fashion tycoon man, Michael Lewis. The Spencer tiara, worn by her aunt at her own wedding to Prince Charles, wasn't a part of her wedding day outfit. After exchanging vows, Kitty changed into a gold silk gown adorned with flowers and crystals to party the night away with her guests, who included singer Pixie Lott and Made in Chelsea star Mark Francis Vandelli. This is a fine example of a bride who's decided money is no object, posting a message after the big day, thanking her family and her friends for an unforgettable weekend filled with more love, laughter and happiness than she has ever known. For Jamie, who got married in her school chapel at Rose Bay before the reception at a private residence in Sydney with 220 guests back in 2018, this is what she wanted too a big bash that would mean she got everything her heart desired. Jamie, the private residence you had your reception at, was it a house of someone that you know or is it something only offered to certain people? 
It's not often rented out, but we approached the family and happened to have a mutual connection. But obviously there was a funding arrangement there as well. Well, talk me through some of these choices. Did you have to pay to use that private house? You're suggesting that you did? Yes, yes, we definitely had to pay for it. They don't often have events there. They tend to try and keep it as private as possible. We had to sign things like an NDA and pay liability insurance to use the venue. And we had to pay extra to use certain elements of the house that we wanted to because it was quite a big property. Did that NDA exclude you from telling us how much that cost to hire? (laughs) Yes, unfortunately it does. It was a fairly decent amount. It was probably comparable to what we were looking at for hiring a big restaurant in the eastern suburbs as well, but we thought this place was more special. Well, let's talk about how you decked the place out. How much did you spend on decorating and catering and what did that look like? I'm not that much of a decor person, but this house, it's an old kind of sandstone house and it's got beautiful gardens. So we were lucky that we could use the background of the house itself. But I had a floral scheme of different shades of pink from both the ceremony and the reception area. So we spent about 19000 on flowers. And that was the one thing I really wanted to invest in because that would really complement the rest of the venue. In terms of catering, this was something that was really important to me and my mum also when we were planning the wedding. I think good food really makes an event. So we spent about 35 grand on catering, which was probably more than what we had anticipated, but we had customized canapes and things like that. And that was the one thing I still have people saying to me from the wedding was how amazing the food was. The other thing we really spent money on was drinks as well. We didn't have an open bar or spirits because I've been to weddings where people just get too messy and I really didn't want that. But we did have really nice champagne. We had a little champagne tower as well. And we had a good array of whites and reds and a whole bunch of rosé because I love rosé. All right, let's talk about outfits. Did you have just the one dress? Did you have multiples? How did your bridal party get decked out? I had seven bridesmaids and I really wanted to input into what they wore. So we decided we'd buy all the bridesmaids' dresses. So for the bridesmaids, they fit into the colour scheme of the wedding as well, which was like kind of mostly pinks. So we used a tailor from the UK called Sophia. They were more expensive than anticipated because they were custom, but each of them was between about 1000 and 1500 depending on the style. For me, I had two dresses. I had my main gown. I feel like it's the only day of your life where you can wear basically a big ball gown and no one can roll their eyes at you. So that's what I decided to do. I looked in a few different places in Sydney, couldn't find anything I liked. So we decided to have a long weekend in Hong Kong and have a bit of a shopping weekend with my mum and my sister. And the second dress I actually bought online two weeks before the wedding when I was in the airport in Hong Kong. I bought it for matches online. So the first dress was a Marquesa dress. That was about seven grand. And my second dress was Ellie Saab and that was about four grand. My main dress actually split. The seam came off during the photos just before we were about to sit down at the reception. So I had to change dress earlier than anticipated, but I was much more comfortable and free in my second dress. I was very relieved. Is there anything you wish you hadn't spent money on? I really wanted to spend money on the experience. So for me, it was all around making everyone who came to the wedding have a really, really great day. And I feel like when you go somewhere, it's less about what's being done for the photos for Instagram and more about 
how you actually feel on the day. So we invested in things like having three different types of music for the different areas. And that was something I'm really happy we spent money on. But I think in terms of some of the other bits of decor, it wasn't as well invested as what I should have. But I think we spent money on the right things. For Grace, it was an entirely different approach to her wedding day. She knew her cash limits, but didn't let that stop her from having the best time with the 120 guests she had joined her at a campsite on the mid-north coast of New South Wales in late 2019. We knew that we didn't have much of a budget in mind, so we were mostly just looking at budget options. (laughs) I think we found a campground, obviously, that was just run as open venue space, and so that in itself was significantly cheaper. Other things we did, which made a huge difference, was we did BYO because it was not a licensed premises. Oh, we also had a lot of friends that were vendors, I must admit. So one of my good friends was a celebrant, so she gave that to us as our wedding gift. One of our girlfriends was a photographer and she travelled down as a guest but did half the wedding as a photographer as well and just gave us a discounted rate. And we had a friend who was a musician who played for us as well. What about your dress and decorations and things like that? How much did you spend there? I got my dress from the Reformation in the US and I knew that I wanted that one because it was going to be an outdoor wedding so I didn't want to spend too much money. And I just picked a shape that was pretty generic and comfortable. I've got two little girls as well so I needed to be able to, you know, carry them around. Yeah, that arrived and it was significantly cheaper than something from bridal store so I avoided bridal stores. I think it was less than $500. It was like 450 shipped. I was happy with it. I did get it altered, so it probably added a little bit more. In terms of decorations, we didn't do much. I bought most of my things from Kmart. Table settings and tablecloths, we used a lot of the outdoor tables that the campgrounds had themselves, so we didn't have to actually get any furniture in. And we didn't do many flowers. We just had flowers for the bridal party. What about food? I know you said you did BYO for drinks. What did you do for catering? So at the campground, they actually had a little cafe and the cafe ran catering services. So we did essentially smoked meat salads for the dinner and then we did our cheese boards ourselves. Were there any things that you decided you just didn't want to do on your wedding day to save a bit of money? Like, for example, I did not have a bridal party. Did you feel like you made some decisions based on budget? Absolutely. I mean, we didn't decorate much at all. We were in a sort of natural amphitheatre, so we just let that be the backdrop. And we didn't buy any decorations in terms of, you know, bunting or lighting or additional flowers, like I said. So we really spent a lot less money doing that. Just going to shops like Kmart versus an event store really helped as well. So we bought a bunch of platters and servingware that we ended up giving to guests as a gift afterwards. Yeah, in terms of the bridal party, we actually had eight bridal party members each, but we just asked them to wear their own clothes and we just picked a colour theme. So that helped as well. You said you had a couple of little ones with you. Yes. Did you yeah. splurge on outfits for them? Yeah, I did, but it was still like $80 a dress. They're twins, so I bought the same dress and then I've kept it. How much do you think your actual entire wedding came down to money-wise? I reckon it was just under 10. We did spend a bit more because, as I said, we're at a campground, so I bought a full tent and a full setup for our family, but that was obviously an investment too. So apart from that cost, yeah, I think in total it was just under $10,000. Darcy Allen is the venue and planning manager at Easy Weddings based in Melbourne, who has many years of experience planning events both big and small. Darcy, what range of budgets have you worked with in your time? 
To be honest, it's kind of the same question as how long is a piece of string. It can be as little as 5000 right through to, I think I've had budgets come through of 250000 But kind of generally speaking across Australia, we did see kind of the average cost of a wedding in 2019. Pre-COVID was around about 32000 33000 It did kind of drop last year to around about the 27-28 mark, but that was purely just because the average guest list numbers did go down during COVID due to obviously international guests not being able to attend and everyone kind of going for a little bit more of a lavish intimate affair. Can we talk about some of the lower budget weddings that you've done? What have they looked like and where have your couples chosen to spend the bulk of their money? Sure. So generally speaking, when we are planning weddings, normally at minimum of half, if not three quarters of your total wedding budget will go on the venue. And what we say in the venue component is potentially any venue hire fees, the ceremony fee and food and beverage costs. So that's always going to be the big chunk. So I do find that my more savvy brides and grooms do choose to forego some of the traditional things, like they might have their best friend's auntie make a beautiful cake for them rather than going and spending $800 on a cake. They might choose to kind of forego the traditional wedding favours and instead it's really about celebrating their love as a couple. I find that kind of food and beverage is the big one and I think that's really the reality of the situation is that's what people are going to remember and that's what I like to tell a lot of my clients. I think if your guests leave and they need to go to Macca's drive through at the end, they're going to remember that as opposed to potentially the colour of the chair that they sat on or the style of flower that you chose for the table centrepiece. Darcy, say I want to go completely bonkers and money is not even an issue in the slightest. How splurgy can I go? How crazy can I get on my big day? You can get absolutely insane. And I think for us as wedding planners, it's super, super exciting. You know, we love the challenge of helping a super savvy bride kind of fit everything within the budget, but we also love the opportunity to go absolutely nuts. So these days, there's so many elements that you can bring in from a food and beverage perspective to get that wow factor for your guests. I've had desserts dropped from the ceiling with dry ice and a cloche lifts off to reveal a amazing dessert, you know, very master chef vibe. You can do signature cocktails that are, you know, designed from scratch to accommodate the sweetness of one partner and the savoury of another and kind of have your own signature scent there. Signature scent as well in terms of perfumes and things like that would be a lovely gift for your guests if you kind of created maybe a male and a female version of a signature scent for your big day. Personalisation is a massive one right now. I've had couples actually personalising a floating acrylic. So the venue that they looked at had a pool. So they had their names kind of floating in water and candles, which was amazing. Obviously, that looked incredible. Number of dresses, number of costume changes or design changes, flowers in general. I had an amazing Jewish wedding once where they had the traditional chuppah, which is basically a structure that they would get married underneath. So it was actually a part of the ceiling installation. So it looked like a beautiful floral installation. And then when it came time for the ceremony, it actually dropped from the ceiling to the right height for the ceremony. So in terms of AV these days, you can do gobos with your name on it. So, you know, a logo of the couple's names intertwined together, projected onto the dance floor, onto a wall. You can have pretty much anything these days you can create with AV. I've had the beautiful kind of stained glass windows, so, you know, blank canvas um, venue, but you're able to create that Beauty and the Beast kind of castle feel with projection. We often hear that as soon as you say the word wedding, prices skyrocket. Everyone says it. Is that true? And if so, why is that the case? 
I don't necessarily believe that it's true. I do think the reality of the situation is if I went to a supplier of choice, for example, a florist, and I said wedding or christening or birthday, if I was ordering the same type of product, the cost would be the same. But at the end of the day, with a wedding, it's not just table centerpieces. You need to think about your bouquets and your buttonholes and wrist corsages for your parents. And you need to think of mini bouquets for your flower girls and things like that. So there's so many more elements that are associated to a wedding that help drive that cost up. The only other thing that I would say is it should be one of the most important days in your life. So realistically, when you're talking to your vendors or your suppliers, they are going to go that extra mile for you and put in that extra time and effort. So sometimes that cost will be driven slightly higher to accommodate for the fact that the time and the labour going into your service or product is going to be of a very high level. Now you mentioned earlier that the biggest cost is normally the venue and all the things associated with that. For someone who is on a budget, what advice can you give them in order to save money in that area? The benefit that we've found for our clients during COVID specifically is that availability is something that's hard to come by these days, just with all of the postponements and so many couples looking to get married over the next 12 to 18 months. So it does open up the field to weekday weddings. For me, working in hospitality for a number of years, I've always loved the idea of a Sunday afternoon wedding. Everyone gets to sleep in, they've got ample time to get ready, they don't need to rush, they might meet for the ceremony at three o'clock, beautiful daylight, and you can start the reception a little earlier, 5pm, finish up by 10 o'clock. You know, most people are working from home these days. So if they need to go to work after having a few too many drinks, it's probably not going to be the biggest deal in the world. But the benefit for you as the couple is that you have a massive saving when you choose to go for an off-peak day of the week or potentially month of the year. So, you know, a Friday or a Sunday in July, you could be saving upwards of $20 to $30 per person. And for those people who are okay with spending a bit more, what's the big latest trend in weddings? What's the thing that everyone's wanting to get into at the minute? I briefly touched on personalisation earlier, personalising absolutely everything and designing a signature logo for the night. But I'd probably say in addition to that, dresses. I can speak from personal experience. I actually got married myself just four months ago. I didn't necessarily have two dresses. I wasn't fortunate enough to have a never-ending budget, but I did have an overskirt. So I was able to kind of have two different looks and I changed my hair and my accessories when we went into the reception. So I kind of felt like I had the best of both worlds. I had the traditional look as I walked down the aisle, quite conservative, and then I kind of partied it up for the reception and let my hair down. Grace says she also sold off her decorations after the event and made some of her money back, and she wouldn't change a thing. I really wouldn't, no. I loved it. For Jamie, she says there was one element of her big day that she would definitely do over. We had a wedding planner that we worked with. I was pretty organised myself with a lot of the components. And I know from some wedding planners, they're more involved. I feel like I maybe let my planner off the hook a little bit because I was taking care of a lot and she ended up being quite useless. (laughs) So I would recommend really getting reviews from a planner and ensuring before you pay for them, you know what you're actually getting from them. This episode of The Quickie was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Ian Camilleri. And if you want some more tips and tricks on how to plan your wedding day, we have a podcast for that. Check out Hitched with bride chiller herself, Alicia McCormack. 
Hopefully by now you are both on the same page of what you want to spend on your wedding, how much money you're willing to put aside. Before you go out and book anything, before you spend any money, you really should come up with a goal amount. One million dollars. For all your wedding planning ideas, tips and tricks, listen to Hitched in your favourite podcast app now. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.